Good evening, How About This listeners. It's Mike Staub. And welcome to the How About This Halloween Spooktacular. That's right, an entire month dedicated to horror, frights, scares, and the spookiest topics we can think about within a four-week period. On today's episode, or should I say, tonight's episode, Jordan and I sit down to discuss one of the most legendary horror video game franchises of all time. Yes, you know well what it is because, well, you looked at the title of the episode before you hit play, but let me tell you once before we start, tonight's episode is about surviving. It's about horror. As we discuss Resident Evil. Hey, what's up? How about this, listeners? It is time for the Halloween Spooktacular! Spooktacular! An entire month dedicated to things that go bump in the night, and as the BPRD say, things that also bump back. Often we are in the role of those who bump back, and a lot of these things, a lot of these things that we experience and play or watch or whatnot, So we have some really great episodes coming up for you. We think you're going to really enjoy them. But before we start today, I have to introduce the head of the Umbrella Corporation, the man responsible for the first T-virus outbreak, G-virus outbreak, Z-virus outbreak. He tried to contain it. He was doing the right thing, but then it took over and took control. Mr. Jordan, you. I knew what I was doing was wrong and I did it anyway. I did it for maximum profit. That's right. And I would like to introduce my co-host, uh, the smooth voice that you just heard a moment ago, the uh, head of the special tactics and rescue service himself, here to take my evil schemes down. The head of maybe it's Bravo team, could be Alpha team. I don't know, whatever, whatever team you want. Uh, yeah, Mike I, Staub, Mike I, Staub. Thank you for that. I, th- I forget which team was which. I think Bravo team is the team so you play I. as. I think Listen, Alpha team got taken down. When when you're a Resident Evil casual like I am, it all just gets broken down to like, ah, the mansion one, uh, yeah. the police station one, uh, the one that's in like a third world country. You don't know the difference between them anymore after a while. Well, what's funny about that is that you're right. And that was actually one of the points I was going to make about Resident Evil as a series. And obviously today we're talking about Resident Evil. Like the games... While they do change, a lot of times what makes Resident Evil interesting is kind of like the setting that you're in. Yeah, for sure. You're either in a spooky mansion or you're in a police station or you're in the streets of Raccoon City and also the police station or you're in Spain or like one of them you're in Africa, one of them you're in uh, the bayou one of them I don't, yeah the- i don't even i don't even know which one i was referring to i remember one had like i don't know it just looked like a bunch of like homeless people attacking you i don't even know which one that was Th- that could be any of them uh, I no, mean, you know what I, re- I still remember your bachelor party in new orleans in my mind it was new orleans well the one that was in new orleans that is that's resident evil 7 that oh, that is <laughs> that actually happened okay that took place they did one in uh in louisiana in like okay, a so bayou. I, I, so i didn't make that up in my mind all right no definitely not definitely not but yeah and this so- is not a dream <laughs> exactly so no you actually do go in the first game you actually do go in as alpha team and you find bravo team helicopter and it's a derelict and uh a team all of bravo all of bravo team either was turned into zombies and killed or they're still in the spencer mansion like trying to survive i believe one of the characters in the first resident evil i think his name is kenneth i might be wrong with this no matter what you do he dies 
he either gets e- eaten by a snake or eaten by a shark. And uh, the, Boy, what, prefer- a way, what a way to go. Yeah, either a giant snake or like a giant bioweapon shark. So before we, we get a little further into this episode, I do want to say if you have not played Resident Evil 8 Village yet, uh, you might want to skip this one or let or hold on to this one till later because I will probably accidentally spoil something about Resident Evil 8 Village, which is the newest Resident Evil game or Biohazard game that released earlier this year. It's definitely in the running for one of what I think are one of the best games of the year. And I don't want to accidentally spoil something for you if you haven't played it or care to play it and not have any of the story spoiled because there will be a Resident Evil 9 and we don't know where that's going per se. And there's stuff that happens at the end of Resident Evil 8 that if I talk about will definitely spoil Resident Evil 9. So Resident Evil, or as it's known in Japan, Biohazard, is a series of survival horror video games that started in 1996 on the original PlayStation and has continued to make tons of games and you know spin-off games and sequels, remakes. No reboots yet, but there's even a prequel to Resident Evil. There's a series of films about Resident Evil. There are comic books, books, toys, and Netflix is actually going to do their own treatment on Net- Resident yeah. Evil very soon. Now, notably... Uh- you know, this this debuted in the the mid '90s, and it's a survival horror. Uh, Resident Evil. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. This this is the game that basically creates and popularizes survival horror as a genre. Is that correct? So yeah. So Resident Evil, the first game, is what coins the term survival horror. Now, is this the first game that does it exactly like this? That's up to debate. There is a game called Alone in the Dark that released, I think, a year or two earlier, which was very similar in survival horror nature, but it was very much like Victorian era, turn of the century stuff. It didn't look as good. It didn't have those lovely FMV cutscenes that we've all become so fond of with the, with the living actors. But Resident Evil is really the game that started the, the, the trend and the genre that actually really dominated yeah. the late 90s. What is the, was this before or after Silent Hill? I believe Silent Hill is 1998 or 1999. Um, Okay. So we could almost say that Alone in the Dark maybe did like the broad strokes and then Resident Evil just kind of did the detail work and got it really right. Yes, exactly. So Silent Hill comes out in 1999 as Konami's answer to Resident Evil. Now, a lot of the survival horror games are actually created by Capcom. It's a Capcom property. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, folks. Yeah, uh, another again. welcome to the How About This Capcom podcast how back about for this, another episode. How about this versus Capcom? But there have been other series that other companies that have thrown their hat in the ring at making survival horror games, uh, most notably Konami with, uh, with Silent Hill and Squaresoft with Parasite Eve, which the first Parasite Eve is kind of like a cross between a survival horror game and a, an RPG and yeah. the second Parasite Eve is essentially straightforward, a survival horror game. Horror has a great spot in, in video games. I think it really, because of your connection with the game and because of how invested you are in the game while you're playing it, survival horror and horror in general is a great medium for video games because you do feel like you're kind of peering right into a, like into the screen, especially if you're like really close up to the screen and so many games use horror so incredibly well. And Resident Evil 
the especially the original game does such a great job at making you so scared by using atmospheric horror to kind of lead you on a little bit. So Resident Evil, like I said, is created by Capcom, uh, created by a guy by the name of Shinji Mikami, who is a wonderful Japanese video game developer. Uh, he also mm-hmm. he was he worked with uh, a guy by the name of Tokoro Fujiwara, and uh, they created their original Resident Evil. A slow turn, a slow tank style survival action game, but it's almost the the emphasis on the original Resident Evil is surviving. It's about getting the reason why they call it survival horror is because you only have so many hits that you can take from a zombie before you're dead. Yeah, and you have to explore this mansion, and you know there's also like an outside the mansion, there's underneath the mansion, there's a laboratory, there's a separate residence that's in a different spot. And you're you're investigating odd murders that took place in a fictional Midwestern city called Raccoon City. And what you're doing is you're trying to uncover the actions of this big conglomerate. I think they're like a cosmetic company called Umbrella Corporation. They make like, you know, bio like they're like biomedical and cosmetics and stuff like that. And they've created and they've got a great logo, a great logo, almost to the point where like, I almost wish that was a real company logo for some corporate sure. company. I have to say, I say when I see people out, a lot of people just have like straight up umbrella company t-shirts. That's just a really good logo. It's a great logo. It's great. It's great branding. Unfortunately, they're responsible for essentially wiping out <laughs> right. a whole bunch of the population because what, what umbrella does in the video games is they create these bioweapons and they create these viruses that essentially were meant to make it so that soldiers would never die. But then it got corrupted. It turned people into zombies. And then you have your normal zombie outbreak. And also these viruses the that they create. Yeah, exactly. You know how you uh, usual normal, zombie outbreak, a normal Monday night zombie outbreak. And then what normally happens with these games is that, you know, these these viruses corrupt other things, whether they corrupt dogs, other animals, they create like these bioweapons that were meant to be weapons of war, kind of like what Vincent D'Onofrio's character wants to do in Jurassic World. He wants to, you know, weaponize the dinosaurs as like weapons of war. And that's kind of what Umbrella was doing in Resident Evil. That would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's kind of the gist of Resident Evil. And you play these very slow moving, scary games. And what made the original three Resident Evil so scary is that when you're creating games for the Sega Saturn and the the, uh, Sony PlayStation, you're limited with how much open movement you can do based on your graphics. So there were graphical limitations. So what's so scary about the original Resident Evil games is that there's a fixed camera. And as you walk through a room, the camera will move to a different spot so that you can see your character in a different spot in that room. And that adds to the atmosphere because you can hear something in the room with you, but you not may not always be able to see it. And also the zombies aren't the easiest to take down. You have to worry about how much ammo you have. You have to worry about how many heal items you have. In the original games, you had to worry about having ink ribbons in order to save the game on a typewriter. So everything was about resource management and resource control. And as we've gotten further and further along with the Resident Evil games, especially when we're talking about Resident Evil 4, 5, 6, they become much more action heavy, much more like action movie survival horror, where it feels like you're really never going to run out of bullets, but there's so many things to kill. So both work. Capcom is really responsible for making both the original survival horror and then the reinvention of the survival horror with Resident Evil 4. And it's become one of the most legendary video game series 
of all time. It does yeah. so well. Capcom, you know, Capcom's the probably the best Japanese developer outside of Nintendo in terms of quality and you know, they their games sell really really well. They do really well. But what's your experience in general? I know I know like you like you said you're you're a bit of a newbie, you're a bit of, you know, not you're a bit of a casual Resident Evil observer slash fan. So what is like your experience with it? Resident Evil was sort of this unavoidable thing if you were a PlayStation kid, which I was. Uh, and it was kind of like you played it or there was a reason why you didn't play it. And I think early on, I just have always identified myself as like not a hardcore video game guy. So I was like, oh, I wouldn't enjoy something like Resident Evil. But you know what's funny? Like as like YouTube got more and more popular as we were growing up, um, I would just watch a lot of playthroughs. And I also spent a lot of time watching other people play that game, <laughs> including you. Yeah, on Twitch. Um, yeah, so my experience with the video game, specifically Resident Evil, is pretty limited, but I always loved the mythos of it. I love the uh, first game in particular. The The mansion setting is really cool. And of course, I guess the uh, the deluxe game has always been Resident Evil 2, which is centered around the uh, the police station. And I, I knew it enough to like know the characters, to like know the gist of the story, which I always thought was really intriguing. But funny enough, as they created more of them, I became less interested. As they started pumping out, you know, four or five, six, seven, whatever, I was just kind of like, ah, oh, I'm so far behind now, I will just never catch up. But you know what I did start to get into was see, I'm on the other side of the coin. The Resident Evil films, I have seen all of them. Uh, and they're all terrible, to be clear. But I think those games are so sort of epic and legendary that they spun off this film series that is just, you know, it's not particularly good. It's, uh, I think the original one is a, a Paul W.S. Anderson property. And I think he comes back to direct a bunch of the others. But those movies, I think they go something like, you have Resident Evil in 2002. So it's come out yep. like uh, six or so years after the first game. And it doesn't really follow the plot to the, the games at all. Milia Jovovich is kind of her own thing, even though she does encounter characters from the games who are not really represented super well. Then it goes to Apocalypse, Extinction, Afterlife, Retribution, uh, the final chapter, and then I apparently they're rebooting this into something else. And all of these movies, even though I've seen them all, kind of blend together in terms of what they are about. They're all kind of this sort of gray hogwash <laughs> after a while. They're enjoyable, but they're all much more like what you said how the later games were more about action horror yeah, as opposed to like creepy survival horror. Uh, in other words, or said more simply, Resident Evil, the first game, always felt to me like, oh, alien, right? I'm stalking yeah. around the mansion. It's quiet. Yeah. There are jump scares. I'm in danger, right? Whereas all the other Resident Evil games, the later ones, especially after the second one, were all aliens, right? The James Cameron. All of the films are the James Cameron big action type film. They're just not very good. There's yeah. something quite not compelling about them, but they're part of the culture. I would love to eventually have a better film, but we'll wait till we get to the pitches uh, for that. But that is, that's my experience with Resident Evil. It has all been secondhand, uh, but I've enjoyed the hell out of it because I love me some, some zombies. Uh, what is your experience with the Resident Evil series? So Resident Evil has kind of been something that's been like omnipresent in my life since the late nineties and early two thousands, obviously, you know, we've said this a million times before. I just said it twice in this episode, Capcom, if you were going to tell me, you know, if you were going to ask me gun to my head, who's your favorite video game developer of all time, I would tell you Nintendo. If you were going to say, who's your favorite video game developer of all time, but you can't say Nintendo, I would have to say Capcom. And I mean, I have a Marvel versus Capcom cabinet literally behind me. I have a mega mega buster, like also literally right behind me. 
Yeah. And so, I want to be clear, uh, Capcom produces our podcast. Yes. Yes. They pay yeah, us that's, uh, major that's who money. pays us. Yeah. That's who that's how we got this started was uh, Capcom gave them some gave us some money to start. How about this? Yeah. We're the reason why you're not getting a true Marvel versus Capcom four. So you're yeah, welcome. Sorry about that. Yeah. And so Resident Evil was a game that was terrifying to me. Ninety six. We were 10, you know, so I didn't get it then. I actually really didn't get into Resident Evil until Code Veronica on the Dreamcast was a game that I purchased when I got a Dreamcast and I was like 13 years old and I loved it. I loved the heck out of it. Is that considered a good one? Yeah. No, the fan fan base loves it, actually. It was specifically made for the Dreamcast and then they eventually ported it to PS2. But it it was really good. And I played it like crazy backwards and forwards, upside down, you name it, all the different things. And I had friends that were really into Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, but I never really got them on the PlayStation. And then Resident Evil Remake came out on the GameCube. And Resident Evil came came out in the GameCube in 2003, I think. And it was a completely remade game. And it looked unbelievably good. And me and another of our friends, Keith both went out of our way to get our own copy of resident evil. And I think we played it the entire summer. Like we would hang out (laughs) and play it and then, you know, go back to it and play it some more and finish it and replay it and do all this stuff. And that's when they solidified me as a resident evil fanatic. I went back and then played two and three on the PlayStation, which I got dirt cheap at a EB games by my house at that point in time. Cause like PlayStation stuff was like super on clearance by the time you got to like 2003 and I played all those games. And then I played Dino Crisis. I played Parasite Eve. I played Silent Hill 1 and 2. I played Onimusha. I played Devil May Cry. I've played all these horror games. And then Resident Evil 4 comes out in 2005 and completely changes the video game landscape and completely changes my appreciation for what makes a good game good. Resident Evil 4 is easily one of the most important and one of the best games ever made. Any game that has this over-the-shoulder kind of running gun kind of gameplay pretty much dates itself back to Resident Evil 4. That was like the first game that really did it in a way that really worked. And while it does get away from some of the more survival aspects of Resident Evil, and it does feel like you've, you have an attache case full of infinite bullets, it's such a good and well-produced game that it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. But I love the original Three Resident Evils, I think the remakes are actually even better than the originals. I, I think if you were to play them now, I would say play the remake of Resident Evil on PS5, which is just a really nice version, or PS4 rather. It's a really nice version of the GameCube run. Or you could play the remake of Resident Evil 2, which is on the PS4, Xbox, PC, the remake of Resident Evil 3. They're all like killer, killer, killer games. Like Resident Evil 2's remake, I think was my favorite game from that year, or it was really neck and neck with something else. So I, I have a I have a follow up question yeah. in that because you had so much appreciation for Resident Evil Four just now. Why why are these games so elevated? Because there's a lot of survival horror out there, and even if Resident Evil was first, it doesn't mean it's always been the best. But it kind of has always been the premier. What 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 makes these games good? Why do people like Resident Evil so much? It's a huge brand. I think I think it's just they work well. All the controls usually work, even when they're clunky. I think they pick good environments. They have interesting characters, good characters. It didn't feel like they were copying anything, 
right? Yeah. So this is zombie stuff coming out in the late 90s. This is way before Walking Dead. This is way before Marvel Zombies. This is way before kind of the resurgence of Army of Darkness and like Ash and all the and the Evil Dead stuff that ended up becoming very popular in the mid aughts again because of comic yeah. books and whatnot. So this is this is filling the old zombie hole in the mid 90s. I think so. And I think that people like to be scared. I think that's going to be a theme we run into this entire month doing these Halloween spectacular sure. episodes. Yeah, I remember during the lockdown, I was uh, replaying the Bioshock series and I, I had forgotten uh, how scary the first Bioshock is. Yeah. And I, I remember we had had a conversation and you're like, are you finally going to play Resident Evil? And, and that's when I kind of like really realized I was like, oh, Bioshock, which is my favorite game series, I think, or, or one of my favorite game series really owes everything to Resident Evil because that is uh, sure. even though even though Bioshock has this grand scope and vision and philosophy and it's this uh, this achievement of storytelling um the feel of it is absolutely that first Resident Evil game yeah i you know without and a the, doubt and the second Resident of, Evil 1 too yeah of course without a doubt you know Ken Levine had played Resident Evil 1 2 3 and probably 4 before even starting working on Bioshock and System Shock 2 and all that stuff and to be fair, Resident Evil 7 and 8 owe a lot to Bioshock. There's a lot mm. of Bioshock in the DNA of Resident Evil 7 and 8 because Bioshock... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> a little, D- little DNA humor for you. Uh, yeah, he's right. It's dino DNA. So <laughs> it's like Bioshock kind of elevated the horror genre after Resident Evil kind of created it and elevated it a bit. Because before that, the horror genre was kind of weird. It's like there was Castlevania, but Castlevania was like, universal monsters kind of horror like looking back at it now no one would ever think that is scary yeah um, right that's not like there's no atmosphere horror there right exactly yeah. so it's like it's like when if you talk to like people our grandparents age and ask them oh what were their favorite scary movies as kids it would be like the wolfman and dracula and stuff that right. we would look at now and be like you were afraid of this that's ridiculous right universal monster movies that may not be scary but were of good quality for of the time yeah. great quality for the time but not scary right Castlevania is kind of like that, right? Sure. These, these games are of great quality, great music, great production value. Maybe in like the 80s, they were scary. But looking back now, you're like, that's not really that scary. That's not as scary as, you know, Bioshock and like the whole Sander Cohen thing. It's not as scary as Resident Evil 1 or Resident Evil 2 or 3. It's not as scary. It's definitely not as scary as Resident Evil 7, which might be the scariest of them all. Sure. It's... It's not as scary as like any of the weird Slenderman games they put out there. Actually, I would even throw Doki Doki Literature Club in there as like a weird psychological at- atmospheric horror game. Yeah. And horror game horror. It's like, you know, we talk about this all the time. You and I personally, and we've talked about it. We've heard it actually talk- talked about on other on other um, podcasts that we're not on that we listen to. Horror fans are the best fans on earth. Yeah. They are the most dedicated people to their genre they watch everything in the genre and they talk about horror constantly yeah. and that same mentality is among the horror gamers there are a lot of people who aren't like oh it's, they're not a real big game video game players but i'll play every castlevania that comes out i'll play every resident evil that comes out doom 3 is one of the scariest experiences that i've ever experienced <laughs> in a video game and it's so good right. it's it's kind of that it's kind of that that kind of adrenaline rush that you get because you're terrified and Resident Evil does such a good job at that. And it is a shame that the movies never really got to it. They never really got there. They're just not very good. Yeah. 
and I think there's there's a good way to be able to make Resident Evil movies without, you know, I'm not I'm not actually not pitching a movie today. Like, but there's a lot of good ways you can make a Resident Evil movie. And hopefully Netflix is is taking some of those notes and realizing what they did wrong, what was done wrong with the other Resident Evil movies, because this is a land, this is like a gold mine or a franchise. Like yeah, this they, should have they they know that. They know they kind of fucked those movies up. That's why they're they're trying so hard to to make something of better quality now. Have you ever seen, have you watched the show Mythic Quest? No, I've not. Okay, so Mythic Quest is a show on Apple TV Plus or whatever Apple service is, and it's a, it's a great show. It's created by the people pretty much who created. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and it's about like a blizzard. It's about a company that's making an MMO game, and it's about they're the most popular MMO game on the planet, and it's about all that stuff. Okay. But there's an episode where it shows kind of like not the beginnings of that of that company but it shows how the video game industry works and it takes place like through like the late 90s and there there's two people in the in the episode who are making a horror game and it's a really scary horror game there aren't a lot of monsters on the screen you know it's all about like using a flashlight to see monsters and stuff like that and this is a long tangent to get to what i'm about to get to they eventually move make a movie out of it and it's just like resident evil it stars a character that wasn't in the games and it's just a bloodbath. Yeah. Resident Evil, despite being kind of gory and kind of gross and horror-based, Resident Evil isn't really like a total crazy bloodbath of a video game. Yes, right. there's blood and guts. It's a, a game about zombies. But what makes Resident Evil scary, the original game, is not it's not the fact that stuff is bloody or gory or that there's zombies there. It's the fear of what exists behind the door sure. that makes it scary. It's yeah, that first game is more of like, it's, it's an artful maze, really, yes. that first game, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, the movies always missed the mark. They always were sort of um, big special effects action spectaculars, but always like way under the budget of what they needed to like pull off what they wanted to do. So it was like, hey, we don't really need a great plot or great characters or even great actors because we have like, really cool special effects sequences, but the CGI has aged so poorly and the effort on those movies for the most part is is bad. A lot of them are just like, hey, how bankable is Milia Jovovich as a star? And she's she's fun, but it's just not the game. It's just not the feel. It's not the same feeling at all. Like if George Romero is able to make Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. In what, 19, what, 68? 68. Yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna, if he can make Night of the Living Dead 1968 with virtually nothing, with a bunch of his friends, you can make a Resident Evil movie work, especially if you're gonna make it where it's just the mansion, right? Sure. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just, I don't know why they well, haven't it's, done. It's Hollywood. It's the it's Hollywood's like fundamental misunderstanding of why something is good, which is kind of why I was asking you why these video games are good because. When people are trying to adapt this for the screen, they seem to not really have a fundamental understanding of what makes Resident Evil a good property. I think if you're a Hollywood exec and you're looking at Resident Evil, you're going to see guns and blood and guts and zombies and monsters and think that's what the game is about. And to a degree, right. it is. To a degree, it is. But what makes the game compelling isn't the fact that isn't just the fact that you're fighting these crazy monsters and, you know, there's blood and guts and gore and all that stuff. What makes them interesting is your ability to survive, the environment's ability to constantly make so that you cannot rest. The games, to a degree, create their own anxiety because it seems like you can never just take a minute 
and take a breather unless you find like a save room in the Resident Evil games. And those are in the Resident Evil games where you can go into a room where you can save. There's no monsters that can attack you in there. You can put your items in like a save box that you can come back later and get. But Resident Evil, it's like you have a limited inventory, so you can only carry so many items. So you have to keep walking around and backtracking through this maze. Everything out there kind of wants to kill you. You can't always see it, but you can always hear it. And they do jump scares really well. They yeah. do atmospheric horror very well. I just think it's it's people who know how to tell a horror story or at least how to direct a horror film, giving you something in video game form. That's why these games are elevated. Also, I think Resident Evil. Now, in Japan, it's called Biohazard, so it's a little different. But I'm pretty sure these games are mostly made for an American audience. I think they're very Western in a lot of how they're displayed. Resident Evil, I think, is a great name. It might not oh, mean anything. Awesome. You know, it's it's a great name. It's an iconic name. It's kind of a yeah. The second you think about it, it no longer works. Um, the second you're like Resident Evil, what the fuck does that mean? But like, just like on the surface, it's great. It's got an iconic font. Uh, yep. it's just it's cool. Resident Evil is a cool property. You kind of want to be uh, a part of it. Yeah, the, no, the, you're totally right. Title doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the title makes no sense, but it's it works. Right, it's like Final Fantasy. It makes no sense, but it well, works. It's like, it's like bravely default. You're yeah. like, what does this title mean? You know what? Don't think about it. Don't think don't, about it. Don't too think much. about the name Final Fantasy. Just play the game. Yeah, don't think about the name Final Fantasy. And there's 16 of them. You know, right. it's it's yeah. it's the same thing. So Resident Evil is, it's just a really good series, and it just helps yeah. that the or, gameplay is always good. Or my favorite game with a weird title that I think speaks to the spirit of the game: Saga Frontier. Yep. The words Saga Frontier mean nothing. No. <laughs> okay. Completely but it pointless. is, it does speak to kind of like the associated romance of like that adventure story, uh, you know, where uh, discovery and, you know, haphazardness is, is part of the intrigue. I get the same thing out of Resident Evil. They're trying to say like, there's this evil thing that lives here. It's a resident. I get it. We got to kill it. Do we have enough bullets? No, we don't. And for those of you who've played Resident Evil, you know what that feeling is like when you've got eight, handgun bullets left and you're looking two or three zombies in the face and you're like i need to figure out how to survive i have to get right. past these guys before they kill me and that's what makes it good and every time you like you get a headshot and a zombie explodes you're, it's it's got like it's like a feeling of victory yeah or you know if you get bitten and die and your guy's like hobbling around on one leg you know you're screwed you got to find some herbs to rub on that burn you got to put a little tussin on it as our friend uh, chris rock would say yeah, put some tussin on it. You got to put put a little tussin on it. And as you move forward through these hor horrifying environments, you know, it's it's everything compounds in Resident Evil to make the experience that much more terrifying. The challenge is there. So you actually feel like you're overcoming a, a challenge, but it's not too difficult to where you can't beat it. So which is your favorite of the Resident Evil games just overall? You've, you've, I've heard you speak really kindly about one, two, three, four, and I think eight you really liked. What, what's right. your favorite? So the only two Resident Evil games that I actively like kind of don't like, uh, I don't love five. Okay. I think five went to aliens versus alien. Okay. And six is just kind of known across the board as a bad game right six, six is, is bad. six is kind of reviled by everyone yeah it's kind even of even as a casual player i know six is bad six is usually considered the worst game in the franchise i do like the spinoff code veronica a whole lot but if i was to give you like my favorite resident evil games the remake of two is unbelievably good yeah and 
Resident Evil 4 is unbelievably good. And right a, right below them are, I would say, Resident Evil 1, the original. And Resident Evil 7 and 8 are probably about equal. But like, like if, if Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 2 Remake are, are S tier, your A tier is like Resident Evil, the original. Well, I would say Resident Evil, the remake at this point. Uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake is really good. It's just really short. And um, Resident Evil Seven and Eight are probably your A tier. So uh, if you were if you were to say, hey, pick your favorite Resident Evil games, it's probably some sort of combination between Four and the remake of Two that I think well, are the best. So that's that's really pretty good because you've spoken favorably about most of the series. So a series with only two bad games, Five and certainly Six, is really a pretty damn good series. Yeah, Five is arguably bad. I know some people like it better than I do. I'm not crazy about it, but Zero is also panned. Typically, a lot of people don't like Resident Evil Zero, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's fine. I think that, yeah, it's kind of almost like I say this a lot about like Zelda. Most Resident Evil is good. It's like pizza, right? Even when it's bad, it's still pretty still good. Pizza. It's, it's still, still pizza. It's still pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2 remake of Resident Evil 4, like step or like a step beyond, like they're not just great Resident Evil games. Like I would put those up with best games of all time. Um, Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil and its remake, I would also kind of put that in that up against best games of all time and Resident Evil 2 to a degree, but they're definitely not as good as as those two games that I would put in my S tier. But yeah, no, if there are any, if like there's maybe, I would say if there are two bad games in the series, it's five and six. Okay. All right. Well, I, I actually... I actually love Resident Evil 7. I think Resident Evil 7 is a brilliant game. I think there's 10% of junk in it. I think 90% of that game is excellent. And there's like 10% of garbage. And Resident Evil 8 Village is amazing. Like it's really good. Probably it might end up being my game of the year. Really great on replay value. Got a great theme to it. I love the whole like gothic horror type stuff, which was something Resident Evil has done. Resident Evil has kind of done a lot of different types of horror so far. And they haven't, sure. you know, they they never done gothic horror with like, werewolves and vampires and witches and like Frankenstein monsters. So, and there's also, because it's a Japanese series, there's also a lot of Japanese horror in there, like really strange looking monsters. And like, you know, you you essentially fight these hunter monsters that are essentially like Japanese kappa monsters, which are like these, these evil turtle spirits that climb out of rivers and like abduct women and stuff like that. So it's got a little bit of, you know, I'm serious. It's a whole thing. Oh, I believe you. Uh, so it's it's kind it's kind of got this whole like obviously these are very American characters Chris Redfield and Leon Kennedy and Jill Valentine the Japanese love the name Valentine it's just pure and simple they think the name's awesome back in yeah. like 1997 it's like you had Vincent Valentine and you had Jill Valentine it was like the coolest thing ever uh, back on the PlayStation One with these Resident Evil and Final Fantasy and I love feel it. like the Resident the PS One was firing on all cylinders once you got to like 1998 1999 when you had like Final Fantasy Seven. Resident Evil, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Like you had all these great, great games coming out at this point in time. They really left an impact on pop culture. And um, yeah, most of the games are really good. Really good. All right. Awesome, man. So uh, listen, we gave the rundown why we appreciate these games. We've talked about the series as a whole. I think it's time to uh, to do our spin. All right, dude. Why don't you start? Okay. So I would like to remind the audience that I am the I'm the Resident Evil novice. So I do not have like a full developed pitch like uh, like Mike has. All right. So how about this? Ooh, spectacular! I want a good Resident Evil movie. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
you think that wouldn't be that much to ask for, but apparently it is. Yeah, this is kind of already happening. So I don't really need to give a super detailed pitch because I feel like this may be kind of what Netflix is developing right now. Is it Netflix or is it Amazon? In the original game, you have sort of the series of bizarre murders, you have the stars team that are, you know, they're divided up into teams to kind of like... Uh, figure out what's going on. Of course, we end up with, you know, things going on in the, the Spencer mansion. You have your uh, split teams between, I think Chris and Jill are the alpha team members, but you get to choose between them in the first game. Yeah, you get to choose to either play as Chris or Jill. And if you play as Chris, they can't find Barry. Right. And if you play as Jill, they can't find Chris. Got it. So I think I would just like another shot at the first film. Milia Jovovich can stay home. She can, I don't know, she'll collect a royalty check or something on this probably. She has something in the contract that she has to be in all the movies. I don't know why. But Paul W.S. Anderson, that's why. Yeah, I guess so. She can stay home. We're going to use Anya Taylor-Joy as, uh, as Jill Valentine. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's who we're getting for that. And she's going to start off entering the mansion from one side. Okay, and then uh, on the other side, playing the role of uh, Chris, I would like to use someone I, I've used several times. So we're going to go ahead and use Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, okay, he's going to play Chris. All right. So this is this is what this kind of thing is. All right. And basically, I would like to play through the story of the mansion as you would see it from the perspective of the first game where the movie starts three times. Yeah. Okay. so you're like going to go in as Chris. And he essentially gets attacked and you kind of think the movie ends. Like it's almost like the first third of the film is its own mini horror movie. Right. I like that. And then you're going to get Jill's section where she is sort of searching for Chris. And then in the final third of the movie, they'll kind of um, uh, unite and move through the rest of the mansion together. I do want to reduce it back to its base elements, but I want it to have like a high budget. <laughs> right. So I am looking for a movie that just matches the tonal quality of the original game. Okay, I want something that is dark. I want something that has these jump scares. I want something that is actually kind of more mystery aligned so that is meaningful when you find the pieces of evidence of things that happened before. And I want to use a feature from uh, Bioshock, which came later, which is that when you are finding certain artifacts uh, in the mansion and kind of trying to figure out what has gone on here, you will flash back to what has actually happened. So much like in that first Bioshock game, which is the same convention they use in Resident Evil, you're arriving after the party has happened, right? So I would like you to be in that mansion and you see like this blood stain on the wall. And I would like there to be like brief flashes of like the moment where someone's head got like put through that wall and created that blood stain, right? So you're having like these flashes of what's really gone on here. And as you're spending more time in the movie, things are getting progressively stranger as you explore the mansion, as you go down underneath it, as you find the separate residence and all those things. So as you explore the Spencer mansion, things are just getting increasingly weirder and wilder for you until finally, yes, you get your last 20 minutes or like a fucking insane gonzo bloodbath, uh, which it will always build to. But of course, we're going to try to keep the film in that long exposition where horror thrives as long as possible. The best horror films are the ones that can really prolong the expositional nothing quite so bad has happened yet period because once the monster emerges and you get your big final scare there's not a lot you can do but move them around yep right so you want to try to keep this this feeling of unease this feeling of dread uh the tension the touch of evil so to speak you want to have that beleaguering feeling going on and on and on until you finally pull out the big monsters at the end and you say like oh my god this is what this what this is what's under the mansion and at the end of the movie indicate that and now it's out
right? And now this virus is going to proliferate and to spread. And then you can go off into a, a Resident Evil 2 situation. To maintain the survival horror aspect, you actually want to depict the diminishing resources in the film. Yeah. And you don't want to do the old film trope of like, oh, but then one of them finds this cache of like a million weapons and like whatever. No, it should be that, you know, bad things happen to them when they get right in there. And then it's just, it's up to them to just cobble together what they can to overcome it. That is how zombies are a threat because a zombie all by itself or even a pack of them. Yeah, they're threatening, but they're not. Um, it's not the end of the world for you. You could probably navigate around them. What is the problem is that once you've had to deal with a bunch of them, you are depleted in some way. That is what the game so accurately makes you feel. So if you can get a film that feels like the space is closing in around you, you can't get out of this mansion. Uh, they're closing in on you from all sides and you make it this nice tight cast, uh, I think this is something that could be really special. And you don't do the big budget action spectacular. You just contain that until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. It's like a 10 Cloverfield Lane situation. You save the big payload delivery until the very end of the film. I think that's brilliant. That's the way to also, do it. Also, Chris and Jill have to fuck. Gotta keep, l- listen, I'm, I'm a member keep of- Keep mo- the talent happy. <laughs> Those meme groups on Facebook that you know share things. And there's this thing on one of them where- it's about Chris Redfield having to keep the Redfield bloodline going. Oh yeah. And and that's that that plays into that. Also his sister Claire. All right. Claire's not in this well. one, right? No, no, she'll Claire. be in the second she'll be in the second one. She'll be in the second one because but Jill whole- and Chris have to get together. That's why she really wants to find him. It's not just to save him. They're in love and they're gonna bone in the safety room. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the that's way right. to do it. Yeah. And then in Resident Evil 2, it's uh, it's alluded that Leon ends up with Ada Wong, who's kind of like his she's kind of always shows up to like help him when he needs help in like all of his games. Sure. But uh, the fans on the Internet uh, think that Chris it's wants <laughs> Leon to actually end up with uh, with Claire to keep the bloodline going. It's oh, I get it. It's 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 thing. It's a thing for sure. Well, we can get Claire and Leon to like call into this film. OK. OK. So like maybe we'll see them for a bit, but they're not they're not in the bone in Mike. I actually think it would be great because let's MCU this, right? I think it would be great where your last scene of the movie or your post-credit scene, because obviously we want to make money and we want to sequelize this. Oh, of course. As you show Leon driving into Raccoon City. I think that's how you end oh, it. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. you get like a big name actor that you don't tell anyone who's like Samuel Jackson at the end of event, uh, at the end of sure. Iron Man. Sure. You, you get like a big name actor who's going to be Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Chris Evans could be driving in in his in his cop car into Raccoon City for his first day in the job. And he bumps into Claire while she's gassing up her bike at the uh, gas station. And that's where Leon stops to go in and um, shoot some zombies. Oh, yeah. Who could be Claire? Yeah. So it's got to be Tom Hiddleston's sister. Yeah, we could do the we could do the uh, Jessica Chastain thing from um, from Crimson Peak. That could that, be could, sister. Could, do that, that could work. That could work. Clearly, Sophia DiMartino, who plays Sylvie, yes. should Sylvie should play Tom Hiddleston's sister. So she'll she'll be Claire. Yeah, that'd be great. That's a great Claire pick. They actually Perfect. do have a Leon and a Claire and a Chris and a Jill for the Resident Evil series that, you know, casting's OK. I'm sure it'll be bad, but it's it's not as good as your casting. So. No, my casting is way better. Obviously. I actually, I actually think this is this your idea to make a movie is that's what I would do. It's like you and have, Alan Alan Tudyk is Barry. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and we need a Wesker though. We need like big evil blonde guy. Big evil blonde guy. Can Tom Cruise play Wesker? Yeah, why not? That would probably that would probably be pretty good. That'd be great. Yeah, with that's the sunglasses. Good. Yeah, no, I'm down. That's pretty good. I'm down Tom, to that. Tom Cruise is pretty scary. Tom Cruise, good is, Wesker. Tom Cruise is terrifying when he needs to be. For sure. You know who I'll take? I'll take Cruz, second choice McConaughey for Wesker. Oh, that's also good. Pretty good, right? All right, all right, all right. 
Yeah, I just pulled those right off the top, but I think those are solid choices. Those are good. You pulled them off the dome. I like it. Pulled them right off the dome. All right, so that that was uh, Resident Evil, and I'm going to title the project, wait for it, Resident Evil. Oh, man. How brave. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be printed like it's one word, but the word evil's in red. Oh, I like that. That's good, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, I think you're, that's you're the welcome. way to do it. Yeah. No, I really think that's the way yeah. I would do it had I had I been making a Resident Evil movie. That's actually the really the way to do it. When I remember seeing like the original movie and being like, why are they not just following the game? The game has a good story. Why don't we just yeah, follow the Yeah, I think the they, game? they needed, they thought they needed to do the Hollywood version of it. It was just real bad. Real bad. I think you have like three or four movies just easily done because you have three or four, like the first three or four games are really good. So you can just use those stories and make movies out of them. It makes yeah. no they sense why they didn't make it, it. Make it uh, harder for themselves for no reason. It's stupid. Well, all right, my man. How about this? Ooh, Allie. So I could come in here and I could pitch a movie, which I was, if I had to pitch a movie, I would pretty much just do what you just said. Nice. I'm I could come, I could come in here and pitch a game. I could pitch Resident Evil 9. And I could tell you, you know, we haven't done Resident Evil's tackled pretty much everything. They kind of did the gothic horror universal monster thing. They've done the, the outbreak style game. They've done the, you know, 28 days later zombie game. They've done yeah. the Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all that stuff. I could I could say that, yeah, I could give you a game where they have what's a horror they haven't tackled yet. You know, all of the Resident Evil games are kind of sci-fi horror to a degree. Right, There's right. really never been like a ghost Resident Evil game, but I don't know how that would work because while Resident Evil is a game about like people fighting <laughs> monsters and stuff, like they don't fight this is, ghosts. This is go- like they'll make pottery with Claire yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg's in the game. Yeah, it'd be great. Bill Cosby. Great. Oh, that's Ghost Dad. Actually, that's Ghost Dad. Yeah. That's a total Ghost Dad. That's different. That's, that's the that's, real horror movie. That's that's a terrifying movie. <laughs> that's way and scarier than Resident Evil. It's the scariest film ever made, other than Jack Frost <laughs> with Michael Keaton. That's the horror movie. That's yeah, a horror that's movie. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, and then you know, and then um, we never fought like ghosts or anything in it. So no Patrick Swayze in any of those those games that we know of, right? That yeah. we know of. Yeah, but. I'm going to go real weird here. Uh, This is an oddball thing to want to pitch for Resident Evil, but I think that the game and the movies and the series has been around long enough that it merits it. And Resident Evil has kind of made it its way into all different forms of media. There's a board game, there are comic books, there are books, there are video games, movies, cartoons, all that stuff, TV shows soon, all that. Resident Evil, I think, needs to be an attraction. I think it needs to be something that people can experience like a ride more than that Hmm. i think that what makes resident evil so good is the way in which the world is built and the way in which horror is built around that world i think that people love haunted houses people love going to haunted houses yeah i love them people love escape rooms people love going to those with group and trying to figure out how to get out of the room resident evil already has all that stuff baked right into the pie. I don't understand why there isn't some degree of a Resident Evil fun house, horror house, something somewhere at oh, a theme park. Totally, yeah. When you can, And I think that you can do it on different levels where you can go through it and be like, you know what? We're just going to go in for the escape the room stuff and we just have to sit, figure out some puzzles to get out of one of the rooms in the house. Or we're going to go in for a walkthrough and zombies pop out at us and we walk through the mansion and we pick up some papers that we can read and we could do all this stuff. But really, it's just kind of getting a tour of this haunted mansion, 
with zombies and monsters and stuff that kind of just frighten you maybe more more like a ride but you know more like a walkthrough kind of like what they would do at universal studios or what they would do at any pretty much fun house or fun park or whatever like that but i do think in the end and I think that technology is getting to the point where we can make this happen, where you can combine kind of ride technology with escape room, with haunted house stuff. And I think that there needs to be a way for you to kind of create your own Resident Evil experience in one of these places where you can go in with the group and be like, you know what? I'm renting the, I'm renting the house for the night. I'm going yeah. in with five people. Everyone gets some sort of like laser-based gun. And the 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 rule of the game is get out and you can combine it with robotics and animatronics and actors and just make it really terrifying and have it so that there (laughs) are very scary so scary but that's the point right and i think that you know maybe what maybe you can use technology or something like that to where like if you hit a zombie with a gun it, it it's done it like deactivates or something like that and i just feel like we're at a point where this isn't fully Westworld, so it's not like super crazy, but it's also I not, wish it was. I know I do. Uh, Zombie Westworld would be the best Westworld. Yeah, oh my god! And also Western themed. Yes, yeah, Doomtown. Because it's Doomtown. Go back and listen to our Doomtown episode, everybody. Go listen to Doomtown now. But I think that Resident Evil, and I think we're at the point now when it comes to attractions, and I think that these companies have enough money. I think Universal should just kind of get the rights because, like. Disney's like, yeah, we're going to make a Star Wars experience where you're like on the cruiser and you get to join like the you could be like a member of the resistance or a member of the first order. You actually get, you know, bounty hunters actually come and talk to you and try to take you and all that stuff. We're already getting there, guys. I don't understand if I was a if I was a theme park person, I'd be like, I want Resident Evil in my theme park and I want to scare the living daylights out of people. And I really do think it can be a multi-tiered experience, kind of like what you were saying with your Disney Hollow thing. Where if yeah, you yeah. check into Disney Hollow, you can choose like mild scares, worse, you know, like mid intermediate and all the way up to Hatbot Ghost, where it's like, yep, you're in your room at night and stuff's flying off the shelves and all that. And Love I that. think that you could do some sort of escape the room, haunted house, almost live action role play environment that would probably cost some money, a lot of money to stay there or do whatever. But I think you could do it. And it's like, I'm renting the house for the, for the night and I'm going to go in with five people. And we're going to try to escape this place. And so to I, be clear, this is Spencer Mansion. Themed. Spencer Mansion themed. Okay. 100%. You're, you're put in the mansion. You're given some light inventory and you can explore the mansion with your group. And yeah, you know, when people get hit and died, they have to leave and they go to like an actual safe room or an actual room where like a hotel room or something like that, where they spend the rest of their time. And then the rest of the party has it and you can lose. Everyone can get eaten. And yeah. that's the most important part because I think that it's, is it scary? Yes. Is it too scary? Absolutely. But this show is about taking big swings and making sure that we come up with some original ideas. Cause I that's really, right. I think it's all about going in there and just going all out and making resident evil, something that people can experience. I think that's great. I think it takes it the next step up from what made the original game so good. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about authenticity, right? Yes. We're talking about why the movies have been bad because they're not authentic to the feeling of the game. This experience that you're talking about, this um, amusement attraction experience is more authentic to the feeling of the first game than any of the movies have been. And many of the games have been. I agree. And it's kind of like laser tag meets laser tag meets escape room meets haunted house meets like theme park attraction. And I think it's something that would cost a lot of money and probably be almost yeah. impossible. But 
I, I wonder think that something can happen. I wonder if a little bit of AR technology. Could yeah, like work glasses. A bit. Yeah, some glasses that might work better. or some kind of Oculus system where, no, you're still walking through the mansion, but like some things happen virtually as well. Actually, that might be a way to do it completely. Yeah. Right. That might be a way to actually do it without having to have like expensive animatronics or like, you know, you have both. That's like that. both. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe for like a big monster that you have to fight, you have both. Right. But, but yeah, AR glasses would probably be great for something like this because like you can all the AR glasses can also read what your controller is doing if you have like right. a gun. Right. It's something like that. And each weapon that you get will have a different reaction to the AR glasses. Yeah, we are getting closer to it's not like we're making up like the stuff of science fiction. We're getting pretty close to the kind of technology that we're talking about, of I would say, within the next 10 years. Once we see the Mario Kart ride and how that operates by combining a roller coaster ride track with AR glasses. Yeah, that's going to open up a lot of minds with how and we haven't ridden. We haven't rode the Mario Kart ride yet, but people in Japan have. And right. how the Mario Kart ride works is that you get, I think it's like six people are in a cart and you're all wearing AR glasses and all the other racers show up on your glasses and drive past you and you can throw items at them and all that stuff uh, because you're oh, using fun. these AR glasses. So it's already kind of getting there. Yeah. So this isn't that nuts. And it could be a quick experience. You could just throw a party in there. Like, look at Rise of the Resistance at Disney World. That's not that much different than what I'm explaining here. No, not at all. That's why it was uh, it was already it already had a track for it. Yeah, exactly. So that what you could do is you could even do it so that it's a, you know, a 20 minute experience where you go into this mansion and try to escape this room and fight these zombies off. But I also love the puzzle aspect of Resident Evil. I love the story aspect of Resident Evil. It's all these things that you have to do in a one, like how we get through this door. I don't know. We got to find a key that's in a jewelry box that needs a specific puzzle to open it. So I think these are the things that you can do with Resident Evil. And while they're going to keep making games, the games are good. They don't really need any help. And the movies, you pretty much explained the right way to do it. So at this point, I hope in the next 10 years, somewhere, Universal, may, most likely, that there's a big Spencer Mansion just looming on a hill, and uh, you could go into it and uh, fight some zombies in real life. Beautiful, man. Hey, zombies, man. Fucking hey, zombies, am I right? Hey, man. Zombies. And then you, could double, then you can make it into the mummy. Oh, man. I would love an AR mummy experience. Oh, my God. Imagine like, fighting Go down those... to the tomb and find the mummy yourself. Oh, man. it's still juicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It matters if you have all the horses or if you're on the right side of the river. That's that's so. you have to make that choice at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's do like, you want do the you want horses the... or do you want to be on the right side of the river? <laughs> but yeah, no, that's my pitch for Resident Evil. I'm just going to call it the Resident Evil experience and it's going to be the Spencer Mansion experience. And then maybe in different cities, you can get different experiences. I think that's awesome. I think that's perfect. And I think, yeah, you could do either in the same park or in different parks, like make one of them the police station. Make one of the police station. Uh, make, make one, one of them, them the, bayou. The, the bayou. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could do all sorts of stuff and then you get people to go to different areas to go experience these things. And what's great, what's great about it too is that it's not like it's not like how in Florida, like the parks work in Florida and California because it's warm. Like right. this is not an attraction that needs to be warm at. So we'll see. Yeah, totally. It could be, it could really be anywhere. It could be a building in New York City for all you know. It probably so, is. It definitely is. Yeah, it it's, already that's is. A, it's the sequel to uh, Sleep No More. It's that's it's right. Kill lots. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. But that's my pitch. And thank you, Jordan, so much once again for yet another episode of How About This. The Halloween Spooktacular has been kicked off and we are having a lot of fun. We hope you have a lovely October and a lovely spooky season. Be sure to watch plenty of horror movies, play some horror video games, read some horror comic books and uh, read a lot of Stephen King. 
Yeah. And because... hey, give, give candy corn just one more shot. Even if you don't like it, just try it. Your taste buds might have changed. I hear that happens. That does. I hear that happens too. And if you're going to try candy corn as someone who actually likes candy corn, the only candy corn that's worth eating is Brock's candy corn. The rest Correct. of it is, is actually wax. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a promise to the listener. Next time we're on air, I'm going to eat candy corn live on the air. Oh, people love my, that. Give my live reactions. So this is my promise to the listener. Uh, and I will actually describe what's happening in my mouth because every time I've ever tried candy corn, I have uh, despised it, but it's been years. So who knows? You never know. Things might change. I'll be sure to bring over some standard Brock's candy corn. None of that Thanksgiving turkey dinner candy corn. I put Amanda in the hospital last year <laughs> um, for real. Dear Lord. It legitimately put her in the hospital. Uh, it made her so sick that she had to get taken to the hospital. So maybe I don't want to eat this on air. Well, the regular candy corn is fine. It was the Thanksgiving dinner candy corn that made it happen. He lied. No, but anyway, I have to thank once again. I have to thank the king of <laughs> who died and made you king of the zombies. Exactly. I have to. I have to thank Jordan, the king of zombies, once again for yet another great episode. How about this? Uh, I would like to thank Mike Milia Jovovich Staub. I'll take that. That's a compliment. So I yeah. appreciate that. Mike, you are you are the fifth element. Oh, wow. The fifth element was really Mike all along. It's amazing. <laughs> Multipass. So fire burns, <laughs> wind blows. You have to figure out that fifth one. It's you got a bone. That's what oh. it is. Oh, yeah. Or I guess you have to kiss. I guess that's the right way. That's the right Listen, way to do it. It's just it's it's the simple things. Exactly. Thank I have to watch Mike. the fifth element again. That's it's, gonna, it, it's better than all the Resident Evil movies. Oh, def sure. definitely, without a doubt. But thank you all again for listening, and we'll catch you real, real soon. And now time for the most frightening part of the show. The ending. You have to wait a whole another week before you get another episode of the Halloween Spooktacular. And also... One of the most terrifying aspects of any podcast is when we promote ourselves. You can find our ghoulish hashtags and at mentions at HowAboutThisPod on Instagram and on Facebook. And please, if you want to, share this with your friends and make us all that more infamous on the internet. Please give a like, subscribe, write a comment even if it's for evil. We'll be returning next week with another episode of the How About This Halloween Spooktacular. And we hope that you're ready for another fright. <laughs>